My brother's a bull rider. He was a professional bull rider. My sister, basketball player. And then there was Shelly. Now, we all love Shelly. Shelly's a singer for Andy Williams. And anyway, so I'm playing sports and we get up and our team's number one. Every year we were number one in football. And uh, it's my turn to play, to start my junior year. And so dad comes down and he gives me this advice. And he's excited Friday night. You know, here it is. Packed out, thousands of people would come. Uh, I don't know how Colorado football is on Friday nights, but at one of our games, we had 48,000 people, and it wasn't even a playoff game. Wasn't even a playoff game. I mean, it's, it's Texas, Oklahoma. We have an, Oklahoma and Texas have a thing. <laughs> and we have an oil bowl where our all-stars play their all-stars. It's a big deal. So anyway, it was my night, and so dad come in to give me some advice. Now, you remember what kind of daddy I got. And so he comes in, he goes, son, when you get out there tonight, I want you to rip their heads off. And I'm like, yeah! And I'm like, what do you mean? Literally, what? When I go to prison for that, is that? He said, what I'm talking about, son, is you have got to get the first lick in. Now this, he, you gotta understand something. He played at a real high level. You have gotta get that first lick in on your opponent. You gotta make him see stars before you see stars. And if you get the first pop in and you're aggressive and you're the first one to hit him right in the mouth, take a penalty. Your coaches will get over it. <laughs> take the 15 yard penalty, jump off sides and hit him smack dab in the... Now mama's hearing this. So I'm all fired up. She waits till dad leaves and then mama comes in. She said, now son, I know your, your daddy was a hero and, and man was he handsome and you know, all of that. And she remembers the glory days and she said, but is there, and I understand that you have to tackle because I was playing linebacker. I was playing outside linebacker, but is there any way that you can play tonight and, and can you do it in love? I'm not lying. This is true. She wants me to play football in love. And all you do, do the, to the glory of God, love never fails. You want to win, walk in love, play in love. I'm like, Mom, I don't know if I can. Sh- sure you can. And, you know, she started doing that. So I wanted to please Mama and I wanted to please Daddy. And I said, I'll, I'll try. So... Friday night comes and the bands are playing the fight songs and you can smell the popcorn and the hot dogs and everything else. And I mean, the cheerleaders, I look up and there's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and the thousands that are there and, um, packed out and we're on defense first. And, and, uh, it, the bands were, I thank God for the bands, but at this particular moment, the bands were trying to out duel each other with their fight song. And Y'all are going, who is this guy? Just hold on. And I'm, I'm looking at them kind of wishing they would cut it because I'm going to, I'm a very verbal guy and I'm going to yell at my opponent when he, when that, when they break the huddle and come and, and, and I'm going to say something to him like David did to Goliath. Dad was teaching me to talk trash, and he said if he even backed it with scriptural. He said, David talked trash to Goliath. And I said, you're right. That's trash talking 101. I'm going to smite you. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the birds. Didn't he? You know, now don't talk trash to your neighbor, but you can talk trash to your mountain, that's for sure. And so... um He's coming up, and I got this David in me, but I got this mom in me, and I look up, and there's mom and dad, and I want to please them, and I'm going to say something loud enough to where mom and dad can both hear me, and and they can be proud of their son. This is the first game, and here we go. And uh, but I got to get above the bands. So they break the huddle, break. Here they come. I see him. I've been watching him on film all week. Now I got his eyeballs. And I go right up to him and I grip my teeth. I don't know what's going to come out. I didn't rehearse it. 
And now I got to say it in a decibel that is higher than two high school bands and a crowd of people. And so I run up to him. I have no idea what I'm going to say. It just came out of me. And I said, and right before the first word came out, both bands went, mm. It's too late. I'm already still going to be on that decibel. Are y'all with me? And I screamed with everything I had and every dog in that county heard. I'm going to rip your head off in the name of Jesus. My teammates go, what? I'm not lying. The referee cut, blows the whistle, throws the flag, says, what are you doing? Oh, I got all this love in me and I got all this intensity in me. I got it from my mom and dad. And I look up at mom and dad and they're both like that. <laughs> That's a true story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so if I get intense with you tonight and tomorrow morning, just remember, I love you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. And I won't rip your head off. Praise the Lord. How many know that rain doesn't fall? Rain does not fall. Okay, cricket, cricket. Now, rain doesn't fall. That fell. But rain doesn't. Rain is pulled by gravity. It's pulled by gravity. If there was no gravitational pull, rain would simply float. Okay? And then we would all be begging for it. Because what? Everything would start to die. Along with us. We'd be begging for that rain. But it's pulled. Now in the same way in the spirit, spirit realm, we want the rain of God to fall on us. Ain't how it happened. You pull it. You pull it. Y'all know what I'm talking about pulling it? You coming in. And I mean you saying, I'm not leaving here the same. Now, I don't know if you know my background. But I was in sports most of my life in coaching. And uh, God blessed me from high school to many state championships to college to the pros through the Houston Astros. And I know everything. I knew everything what it took to become a champion at every level. I mean, if I... I just been around them. I've been around them as a coach. I've been around them as assistant coach. I've been around them as a head, a head coaches. I knew what it took. And I'm telling you, there's something different about champions because I've been on those teams that when they're in that locker room, like you're in this locker room, they don't let distractions. Now, are y'all okay with being coached here a little bit? Cause that's what I still do. I'm a coach. God called me to coach. When he called me, I said, Lord, how can I coach? All I know, or how can I preach? All I know how to do is coach. He said, did I not help you train champions in baseball for the last 14 years? And I said, yeah. And he, and he said, then I'll help you train champions for me because I'm coming back for a champion church. And that was my place that I had to learn. How many know we all need coaching? I need coaching. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for mamas. Thank God. And and so are you coachable is the question. Some of you come in here, you know everything. Are you are you are you coachable? Because I've seen those players who had mega talent, but they were not coachable. They they knew, oh, I've heard this, I know that, I you know, whatever. And you know what? Every time those players and they would have all this talent to make it to the top, to make it to the show, but never would get there. Because they wouldn't pull. They didn't know how to pull. They didn't think they had to pull. I'm telling you what, I come from a world champion Hall of Fame puller, and that's my mama. To this day, wherever she goes, whoever's preaching, she's on the front row. Less distractions, more anointing, more power. I don't want to watch people go to the restroom. I don't want to see this and that. I want what God has for me. 
And there was a time she was at a meeting and the guy was off in his doctrine and was all off and, and mom's still waiting for something. <laughs> Have you ever seen a bird dog? <laughs> That's mom. Champion puller. And that guy kind of felt like he knew that something was wrong and anointing wasn't there. And he said, well, he closed it up and said, well, the Lord is good. Mom jumped out of her seat. She waited an hour and a half for the Lord is good. She goes, that's right, brother. Woo! Drove home. Oh, how was the sermon? The Lord is good. She got something. Are y'all with me? Now, Mama is in close contact. She has spiritually advised a couple presidents. And one still president that used to be, but will be again, I think. And uh, I'm trying not to be political. I get people criticize me. Criticize, criticize, criticize. For being political, and I, I don't try to be, I don't try to put it up here, but, um, Mama has a, a prayer team, and it, and the team is from all over the world. And it's on Wednesdays at noon, and, uh, he wants to know what Billy has to say. Every, so there's a check in with her and him. Anyway, but Mama's done that, and spiritual advisor to Ariel Sharon and different people. Kings and prime ministers and God's used her greatly. And, um, and I thank God for her. Now, let's get into the testimony part. Again, 10 championships on all levels, high school, college and pro. I knew kind of everything I thought there needed to be known about champions in the sports realm. We just win our 10th championship. And we go to church that Sunday, so championship Saturday is a good day when you win it. And Sunday, ain't no nothing like church after you win championship on Saturday. He smiles and you're going to order the ring and the whole bit. And after it's over, my Chicago Bears, I'm a Bears fan, football, were on TV. And back then, this is before cable or direct or satellite, and the Bears were never on TV because they're terrible. So I was excited that they're on, and I'm going to go watch them after church. I mean, we just won a championship game with church. I just, I'd, you know, I'm not saying anything wrong about sitting in the back. That's just where I'd like to sit. And Mama's in the front, and I was in the back, and I was the first one to leave. So I was going to church, but that was it. Born again, that was it. I go home, and I'm watching the Bears game. I can't wait to watch it. About an hour in. I hear the Lord speak to me. Now, I've never heard him speak to me. I always heard Mama growing up hearing how she would say the Lord just spoke to me. I'd hear Brother Hagan say that. I never heard that. I never had that. But I heard it. I don't know if it's audible. I just know it was loud and it was inside me and it interrupted the Bears game. <laughs> it has to be loud, right, if you're a Bronco fan? Well, not last year, but anyway... Back in the L.A. days. <clears throat> so, and I heard this question, and I believe this is the question he wants me to ask you. But he asked me, are you seeking me? And I caught up. I couldn't believe I heard that. I heard it loud. I kind of didn't really want to hear that. And I walked in the kitchen, got something to drink. And I said, yeah, Lord, if that's you, I, I'm seeking you. And I I go to church. I pay my tithes. And and I started to that, to that, to that. You know what I started to give him? A list. I gave him a list. I found out later he didn't want the list. The list will follow. He wanted something else. And I'm just going through the motions Christian here. And so I thought I answered God. But I got a, I got news for you. If God ever asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. 
But that's how smart I was. I answered him. Thought, well, now I'm sure he's busy. He could go over to China or, you know, Africa where some people needed to be and, and I could free him. Be free, Lord. That's, that's how much I knew. I'm being honest with you. So an hour goes by and guess what I hear again? Are you seeking me? Thank you. And I hear it a little louder. So I went and asked my wife, Candy. I'm Chip. She's Candy. We're kind of like God's little concession stand. <laughs> my daughter, Cookie, lives in Denver. <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing. <laughs> and my son, Nacho, he... Uh... Now, <laughs> it's, it's not Cookie and Nacho, but uh, it is Candy and Chip. So... I asked Candy, I said, would you say we're seeking God? And I didn't want to tell her that I heard God because I didn't want her getting all spiritual and everything. I don't want her thinking I'm hearing God and I'm having this encounter. And um, she said, yeah, we're, and she began to add to the list. I teach Sunday school, you teach blah, blah, blah. And I think most of us, if God did ask us that, we would give him a list of why we qualify in seeking you. So, I go back to the bears, and about an hour or so later, I hear it again. And I said, evidently not! <laughs> so I did what any great man of God would do. I called mom. <clears throat> now, mom is Dr. Billy Brim, if you didn't know that. She's got her in, in Hebrew. She can speak fluent Hebrew. And so I called her to find out what it was. I didn't, you know, want to look it up. I didn't know how. This is before computers and smartphones and all that, guys. It was just a big old Strong's about that big. And so um, she said, well, I, I, I know this and that, but let me do a little research on it, and then I'll get back with you. And so she she calls Rick Renner. Y'all ever heard of Rick Renner? And Rick Renner is a uh, Greek scholar and mom a Hebrew scholar. And they find out that this word in the Greek and the Hebrew, of course, the Greek translated it from the Hebrew. And they have this root word system, which I'm going to tell you about here in a second, that it, it means the same thing in both, in both New and Old Testament, Hebrew and Greek. And it's the word seek. And it comes down to this one word. She says, but, but they didn't tell me. And now it's getting late into the day. Well, they had found out this amazing revelation news and called each other, called Brother Copeland, called Joyce Meyer, called Joel Osteen, called the whole group. And they're all just writing books about it, putting it out. And I still, meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> cricket, cricket. And uh, so I go, Mom, oh, honey, we forgot. Yeah, oh, we just, oh. <laughs> it's just been setting us free. I go, What? She goes, honey, it means this. Are y'all ready for this? Crave. Crave. Now let's think about this. Have you ever craved anything? Come on. Come on, be honest. Whether it, ice cream, good answer. Right now, you got the number one answer. Does anybody crave coffee? See anybody crave uh, cheeseburgers or chocolate? But now watch this, and the and the Hebrew talks about this word to to where even the drug addict or the tobacco or alcoholic that power of craving is so powerful that they will do whatever it takes. Are y'all understanding what I'm talking about? Man, I never knew that word meant whatever it takes. That's where you go, ding. Are y'all with me? Craving God. Now let's go back. Look at me. Let's go back. What was God asking me? Are you craving me? And then he said, when I learned it, he goes, like you and your teams crave the championship. That's not fair. I said, Lord, I don't have time. Oh, God. 
I just gave the Lord an excuse where we have on all of our facilities, champions don't make excuses. I don't have time. And you would have asked my players to do, I could have called them at two in the morning and they would have been down there because they knew what it took to be a champion. They did the extra. They learned how to pull on their own, not just at practice. They wanted the rings. They wanted the better looking girlfriends. They wanted all the benefits that came with being a champion. And trust me, they needed it. They needed the help in that area. You should have seen them. Anyway. But all the benefits of craving to a champion. And I thought of that first benefit. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things. There's a lot of Christian going, where are my things, Lord? What are you doing? I'm going to church. I said the same thing. I gave him a list. He wanted my heart. My players, I had their heart. When I say that they would run through a brick wall, they would run through a brick wall. I remember one time we were playing LSU down in Louisiana when I was at the University of Arkansas. And, and we didn't have very big guys, you know. We recruited speed a lot. We're playing LSU. They're national champions. We're walking down Bourbon Street in the daylight, and I don't know why we went down that way. That was a mistake. I'm trying to keep my kids from looking at the posters, and all of a sudden I hear this scuffling going on, and this there's this gigantic of a man, no shirt, muscles everywhere, and he would he would go and just put a rag on your shoe and then demand money from you. It was a con because he was so big and intimidating. And my little Smurf guys didn't pay him. And uh, there was just kind of a scuffle. So I go back and go, what's going on? He said, are you leader of these guys? I said, yeah. And he said, well, I demand the money from you. And then he pulls out a knife on me. So I'm getting a knife pulled out on me at Bourbon Street. And this is the way I'm going to go. Billy Brim's boy gets stabbed at Bourbon Street. And when he did that, them little Smurfs got in between that knife and me and him and said, you're going to have to take us out first, big boy. And you may take a few of us out, but you ain't going to take all of us out before we get you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They would have died for me. They proved it. Not just on the battlefield. So I know what it takes when I'm talking about craving. And that's why we won it. And that's why we went to the top. That's why Billy Brim is doing what she's doing. That's why Kenneth Copeland. That's why Joel Osteen. That's, you can name them. They crave God. They do whatever it takes. They don't just give him a list of what they're doing. They crave him. They do whatever it takes. They go the extra. And he said, are you doing that for me? I said, God, God is, and I said, okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. And so I, the next day I was going to take my lunch period, which is a 30 minute period. And, um, I took tapes of brother Hagen and mom and others and my, made my bologna sandwich and, and locked my door <laughs> and played them and, and just listened and, and about a week goes by of me doing this. Did I like it? No. My wife goes, Chip, how's the, the, the seeking thing going? And I went, bah! Now why did I say that? Because my flesh, oh, this, I'm getting ready to give you a valuable lesson right here. We are a three part trinity. We have our own trinity. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay? How many can see me right now? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high if you can see me. Now, everybody who raised your hand is wrong. You can't see me. According to the scripture, you're wrong. Because this, what you see is my body. What you see is my house. Okay? The house I live in. That's my body or the flesh or whatever they want to call it. Then I have a soul, a brain, a, you know, the, your, your thoughts, your emotions, your will. But then there's the spirit that lives, that's inside of me. And if you ever want to preach spirit, soul, and body, go to a 
funeral home or a, a viewing and, and know somebody that had this amazing personality in life and there they are. You can tell they're not there. Come on. They're not there. Their body's there. Are y'all with me? Spirit, soul, and body. Now here is most Christians' problem. I'm getting ready to tell you right now. Right now, most Christians' problem right here. Now, if I were to leave, and it was my time, and I went to heaven, right now you would see my body, my house. The Bible calls it a house or a temple. We can do all kinds of things to our house. We can add on. Lose roofs and pain and whatever you choose to do. And so I'm looking out through this double pane windows here of, of, out of my house. So the real me, you wouldn't see me. I would be in heaven high-fiving Jesus, right? Chest bumping Jesus. And uh, you would still see the house. Now, here's what mom always said. Spirit, soul, and body. Which of the three you feed the most? Everybody listen to me. Which of the three you feed the most will dominate the other two? No, you need to chew on that. Which of those three you feed the most? Well, how do you feed your soul, your mind? You can feed it on news. On what's going on and what you hear on the radio and the news and CNN or whatever. That will dominate your spirit. Your spirit will be weak. You won't be strong enough to do what God's called you to do or fight off the devil or whatever you need to do because you're being dominated by your soul. You have fear. If you, if you're, you're, if you have fear, constant fear, can't sleep, you're dominated by your soul. Spirit, soul, and body. And if you dominate, you want to get rid of an addiction, then quit feeding your flesh. And feed, starve that out by feeding your spirit. The word of God. And then you just feed it. And you feed it. And you feed it. And you feed it. Now your flesh ain't gonna like it. Now, weeks go by, and my, my wife goes, how's it going? I'm, Ugh! My flesh hated it. I thought when I got in there, because I had heard God for the first time, I thought when I got in there, and I got my tapes and everything, that I would hear this heavenly choir, hallelujah. I'd hear this booming voice, well done, my son. Cricket, cricket. Weeks go by, weeks go by. But what am I doing? So what's happening that I don't know? My spirit man. Are y'all with me? And I don't realize it. Thank God I didn't quit. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? And I fed my spirit so much that this happened. It was about the sixth week of this. Nothing's happening. And I'm just going to prove God that I'm a champion and I know what it takes to be a champion. And I'm going to feed it and I'm going to win this battle because I've got dad in me. Yeah. Are y'all okay? Y'all want me to just wrap it up? And... You okay? You're getting something? Thank you. Back there, you too. He'll pay you $20 each afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's another 20 so that's a smart boy right there. He's going to be a businessman. He's got an anointing on him, Mark. So anyway, this happened. This is how I knew that I, my spirit man came and dominated. I get a phone call from my athletic director, and he says, Chip, I need to meet with you at this time. Well, guess what time he wanted to meet with me? It was a lunchtime, the time I gave God, and I didn't let anybody take that time. That time with me and God was my time. And I'm telling you, I canceled more things. I didn't let anything. And you know how we can put off, okay, well, I'll make it up the next day. I didn't do that. Do you have that time? Do you have that place? Every champion does. Every champion, if they're in business, if they're in rodeo, if they're in football, baseball, they make that time. Are y'all with me? That's called training. That's called feeding and training and developing. It's never wasted time. Well, it seemed like it's six weeks, cricket, cricket. Never wasted. 
And my, he calls me, I said, and I love my athletic director. We just won our 10th championship. I said, he said, I, I said, I can't take that time, sir. I, I respect you. You're my boss. But I can't, well, Chip, we're going to have to have that time. It's the only time it'll work. And I said, I, well, I, sir, <laughs> I don't know how nice to say it, but I can't, I can't give that time. And he goes, well, you, you better understand. I am your boss. You're right. And we're going to do that time. And then I said, well, sir, then, and then it came out of me. <laughs> you know what happened? The next words that are coming out, my spirit man went like this to my mind and my body and my flesh and said, <clears throat> excuse me, give me the mic. Well, then we'll have to find a different job and I'll resign tomorrow because you cannot take that time from God away from me. Now I am going, no, no. <laughs> That, that's what my mind and my flesh are thinking. What are you doing? What are you doing? How come you can't do nothing? I can't. He's dominating. Y'all see what's, y'all see what's going on? And that, that happened. If this hasn't happened into you, oh my God, you don't know what you're missing. That's called faith. Faith. That's right. Another 20. You're racking it up. Right here. And dad helped me out on that one. <laughs> He's never answered, having me back. When I was out 200 bucks with you. So, and he said, Chip, are you serious? And I said, evidently. <laughs> I haven't talked it all amongst the, the group, but <laughs> evidently so. He said, okay, then we'll change the time. I said, I hung up the phone. The Lord said, you're seeking me. God, you're seeking me. And all of a sudden, I had an encounter with God and his presence filled that office. I began to weep. And I heard him speak. He said, now's the time. And I said, Lord, how can I do this? All I know how to do is coach. How can I preach? I may be in Greeley, Colorado to a whole bunch of cowboys in an ex-bar dance saloon slash cafe. <clears throat> I didn't say all that. You know that. But he knew it. And he knew that you were going to be here on this night when you heard this word. Because he has the same for you. And he's asking each one of you, are you seeking me? He's not asking if you're going to church. He's not asking if you just pay tithes. That's good. And you're a nice person. But you know what he wants you to have? An encounter. I had an encounter. And it changed me. All of a sudden, what went from hard to read the Bible became very easy to read the Bible. All of a sudden, I went from back row to front row. All of a sudden, I knew why mom acted the way she does. I thought she was just crazy. She'd be swinging from light to light. And I'd sit by dad going, man, I'm glad I'm like you. And mama tried to drag us. The Holy Spirit's moving. Come on. But now, you see, it didn't have anything to do with my personality. It had to do with my passion for him. And the Lord said to me, he said, don't let your personality affect your passion. Let your passion affect and change your personality. And it changed me. It changed me to everything about God. I couldn't get enough of it. And now my spirit man is operating in the way I'm. And now I hear God more. And now I'm led more. And there's less fear. And there's more love. There's more faith. Were there still, were there still attack? Absolutely. But, but more peace, more strength. I'm telling you, listen, and there's some tough looking dudes in here, right in this section, right in here. Not, not necessarily here, but right. <laughs> it's way more tougher to do. Way more of a champion. 
No wonder God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I don't need weak and cowardly people. I need champions. And I created you to be a champion. So he tells me to name it Champions for Christ. Here's your ministry. I'm writing it down. He says, put a four there, not F-O-R. And I said, why? He said, because it means the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. And he said, that's the champion team. It's the Trinity plus you. And with the Trinity and you, nothing is impossible. Download it. How many want to hear God more? Here's your answer. Seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 says, He is a rewarder of those. Come on. Who diligently... What seek men? Crave. So... I'm going to fast forward, and I got to hold mom's, help her with the luggage, and went to Israel with her, and it was at a time where she got her degree at Alpana Kiva, which is in Jerusalem, and it was the number one world's uh, ranked best place. It's no longer there. It's been years since it's no longer there, but at one time ranked number one in teaching Hebrew. Uh, the owner of it was a Nobel Peace Prize nominee. And they would bring groups in, and, and that's where mom stayed and lived and learned Hebrew. And so she she took me there, and, and I've had this experience. Now, before I go there, I, re, I resigned my job by faith because the Lord told me to. And, I mean, I had no problem doing it. Mom didn't have any place for me to go. Or she's going to make me live by faith. And, and she goes, you get to live by faith. <laughs> I'm not hiring you and I'm not calling one pastor to, and I thank God that she did now. But, um, I was studying out champion, the word champion, and I had the strongs and I found out that it was in the Bible four times, three or four times. And it was all, most of them about Goliath, the world's champion. And I said, Lord, I remember I'm in my, I didn't have an office at home. I'm in my daughter's bedroom and I said, Lord, <clears throat> You called me and I resigned my job and you told me champions for Christ and it's not even in the Bible. And I hear his voice again. Why am I hearing it so much? Because I'm seeking him. And I don't know about you, but you're way too late in telling me this don't work. I don't want to cut off this communication process. Especially now with what's going on in the world. And I'm hearing from him. I love it. There's no better way. You're not going to have in fear. You're not going to live in fear. Of what the government can do or what this can do or what that can do. You won't have that not when you're seeking God. Trust me. There's no other way. And that's what he's asking from us to do. Remember there was in the Bible where he said, I couldn't even find one who was seeking me. Remember that? That's in the Bible. It's a good book. You ought to read it. A lot of good stuff in there. And so I said, Lord, it's not even in the Bible. And he said, it's all in the Bible. I said, no, it's not. And I went to my wife and I had her count it. See? And what did I hear? It's all in the Bible. Do you think God knows more than the Strongs or the Strongs more than God? My people perish for what? A lack of knowledge. I wonder if I had a lack of knowledge on something. So now I'm going to fast forward and we're in this school and I'm learning. We go there and it's a packed full 250 Americans, two buses full and we're in here. We're going to learn Hebrew in, in a week. <laughs> Just basic. And this, this little lady who was the peace nominee, uh, Nobel peace nominee and she had this little stick. She was short, but she had this stick. <clears throat> and I sat on the front row with a whole bunch of buddies and we're all there and she's waiting for him to come in. She goes, Ugh, Americans. I heard her say that. Now, not that she didn't like Americans. They were hard to teach. That's what she's about to do. Their language is diff different, and they're hard and difficult to, to pick this up. That's why she said that. And then she gets the stick, and she taps my Bible, and she goes, you don't know the Bible, and walks off. And I thought, I know the Bible, but I didn't say anything because she has a stick. <laughs> I'm not dumb. She did it again. You don't know the Bible. And then I'm like, I know the Bible afterwards. Three times she did that. And then after a week with her, 
we were all leaving there going, we don't know the Bible. It was amazing what we learned in a basic week of how the Bible opened up. And it just spoke to us because we were seeking. What does she teach us? She says, I'm going to teach you like every Hebrew child was taught. I'm going to teach you like David was taught. <laughs> Little David. <laughs> like Moses was taught. Like Abraham was taught. Like all of them were taught. These are the lessons I'm about to teach you. And I'm thinking, I'm going to hear the same things they heard. I'm going to learn how they heard. Now, do y'all want me to continue on? Okay, now you're a little nicer. Okay. And so, I'm joking. And so, she said, the first lesson was this. There are 241 root words, R-O-O-T, root words, in our language. There are no root words in your language. That's why it's difficult for Americans or English to listen. The Greek have root words. She named other countries that have root words. We have root words, but you do not have root words. What is a root word? She goes up to the board and draws a circle and spokes coming off. Now, every cowboy ought to know right now what that looks like. A hub with spokes. What am I? What? Wagon wheel. Have you got the picture? She says... The root word is in the hub, and there are a family of words that are connected. Now, there's 241 root words, but there's thousands of words, but all of those words are connected to a family. Somebody say family. Family, which is the wheel that they're related. Say related. Relative to this family to the root word. She goes, now, let me give you an example. The very first word that every Hebrew child learns, the first one David learned, the first one Abraham learned, was not Papa, was not Mama, Abba. It wasn't those. It was Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, what does it mean? I raise my hand. Yeah, the one who doesn't know the Bible. Thank you. Right here. She goes, you. I said, peace. And I'm high-fiving all my buddies beside me. She said, peace. She didn't say it was right or wrong. So she goes up to the board and writes shalom. But shalom was not in the hub. Are y'all, can y'all, I need your heads to do something. To, to know that you're, you're with me. This is the coach in me. I can't tell that I'm getting to this person. Help me help you. Help me help you. It means you're engaged. That's part of pulling. I'm listening. Go on. Okay? It helps. <laughs> Who is this guy? Is that what you just thought? Okay, I heard you, yeah. Alright, <clears throat> I'm joking. She's not. <laughs> and so, she goes up and she wrote shalom. Shalom, yeah, and then peace underneath, but it was on the spoke. And she goes, but you don't know the whole meaning of shalom. You just said peace. You have to know the root word to know the whole meaning of shalom. And you don't know the whole meaning of shalom. That's why Americans who don't have root words don't understand. Okay. So she begins to fill out the... Oh, no, no, no. She goes to the hub and she says, the shalom, shalom's root word that it's connected to is shalem. Shalem. Say shalem. Now say shalom. Do they sound alike? If I wrote them side by side, what would they, they would look alike. Just one vowel. Why? Why do they look alike? Cause they're rel, they're related. Come on, y'all getting this? They're in a family. We're in a family. The Italians were getting it. Okay. Golly, is this broken? Check, one, two. Shalom, shalem. She goes, the word shalem in the circle hub is the word whole. Everybody say whole. So if you want to know the true, true meaning and impress a rabbi, you tell him that shalem means the peace that comes 
from being whole. If you think you've got peace just because you heard good news that a bill was paid, then all of a sudden you hear, here's another bill. What? (laughs) I know I'm loud. I'm loud. I'm sorry. Where did your peace go? Right? No, no, no. This is peace that comes from being whole. She begins to fill out the rest of that will, and it was finances, prosperity, it was healing, it was health, it was, and then she got to the other side of the wheel and it was your children and your children's children. And it was about doing the will and plan of God. Everything, Pat said, if you put every will of fortune together and you combined it, it wouldn't come close to this wheel. It had everything. And God wants us whole. He doesn't just want you healed. He wants you whole. Wow. And so, we come back with this news. Now, I'm going to go back to that room. We get this word that you just got. And we share it with Brother Copeland and Joel and others in a room. They all got together in Dallas. And they're writing it down like little kids at Christmas. Hearing this. And they begin to write books on it and everything else. And everybody that you know of that's anybody was there. All denominations. And we're sharing it. Mom got the group together. And we're sharing this, what y'all just heard. Brother Copeland stands up by the anointing of God. And you know, he's got that Cherokee in him too. Just like daddy did. But he's got the Holy Ghost in him. And he said, my God, my God. He said, Rick, Rick Renner was there. Greek scholar. He said, Rick, the Hebrews know the Hebrew. They have the Old Testament. We have a thicker Bible. We also have the New Testament, a new covenant. And it was written in the Greek. He said, who did the Greek translate it from? Rick said, the Hebrew. He said, doesn't the Greek have the same root word system as the Hebrew does? And he said, yes, sir. So whenever you found a, uh, a root word in the Greek, it was a root word in the Hebrew. He said, yes, sir. They, they valued and honored the root word system. Are y'all with me? Now we don't know this. And he said, so when they wrote whole in there, and that woman said to us, she said, the, the only way I can explain whole to you is nothing missing, nothing broken. Now some of you have heard that. And that's because of television or teaching, and it all came from that woman in that room, inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's where that came from. Oh no, I saw it in the crass mall in a sign that was, that's where it came from. Are y'all with me? Nothing missing, Nothing broken. Whole. Now, Brother Copeland goes, oh my gosh. It's just, what about the woman with the issue of blood? He said, oh my God. What's happening? Because of the knowledge that's coming, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Lack of study. Lack of seeking. He said, now... She said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made. She didn't say heal. It wasn't written in Hebrew healed. There is a Hebrew word for healed. She didn't say that. She said shalem. The Greek translated it, and she said, I'm not just getting my healing back. I'm getting my husband back, my life back. I'm getting my job back, my family back. I'm getting... Come on now. And and Jesus said, whoa, whoa, it's about time. Whoa. I'm just trying to speak your language here. Easy. Easy boy. Uh, Come on now, if you're getting offended, that, just stay with me, don't get offended. Read the Bible. It's a good book, it'll bless you. Um, 
So she said, I'm not just, and, and Jesus goes, who did the power virtue left me? That's real faith right there. I'm getting wholeness. Now, the other one that I want you to see in the Bible is the, the lepers. And if you could put that up there, would you please, the verse I gave. <clears throat> there were ten lepers. We'll, we'll just read it. Where is it at? Okay. Okay, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the... It's talking about Jesus. All right, click. I was wondering if it kept following me. As he entered into a certain village, there met him how many? Ten men that were what? How many? No, 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 keep it back there. I didn't say click. I've got a, a faith clicker. Now, I've been in India, and there's, um, there is, uh, and I knew a pastor who pastored a leper colony. And he said there's different degrees of it. <clears throat> and he said the, the highest degree, their nose will fall off. He showed me pictures. Fingers will fall off. Ears will fall off. Toes will fall off. They just fall off. That's the highest. And I'm pretty sure. Let's just assume there were some of them in there. All right? <clears throat> okay. Now, all right, click. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Click. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were what? Everybody look at it. Everybody, come on. You're Hebrew students now and you're passing, okay? What does it say? Now, I have preached in churches of 11,000, 15,000, 20,000, and I tell them to get their, their, their translations or you can't find one that says whole. Because they were not made whole. They were cleansed of the disease. So if there was still digits missing, the digits are still missing. Are y'all with me? If they have problems at home, they still have problems at home. And they don't get the rest of that wheel, but they get a good thing. A lot of you, there's a lot of people you just be happy right now if you got healed. Are you with me? Lord, if you just heal me. But hey, that's, that's the wrong thinking, man. He doesn't want you just healed. He wants you whole. That's the way he created us. I mean, out of debt. Enough to out of debt where you can pay off churches and pay off missionary trips and, and be a blessing to the poor and, and be wealthy to give here. And, and if he wants you to fly around the world, he can fly, you can fly around the world. He wants you to have a plane if you can have a plane, if you have the faith for it. Some people have a problem with that. They have a problem with Brother Copeland. He's given away 32 planes. Given away. 32 planes. And people have a problem with him having a plane. But if God says to go, he can jump on that thing and go. And most of the time when he does, he gives. He doesn't take, he gives. Because he's in a position to do it. He's got wholeness down. He believes it. He received it. So, okay, cleansed. All right, let's go back. Cleansed. Click. And one of them, how many? And one of them, how many were there? Oh, y'all are passing the math part now. And one of them, okay, so one of them, when he, he was, saw that he was what? Come on, look at it with your eyes. Does it say whole? Not one translation does. So there's cleansed and healed, right? Turn back and with a loud voice glorified God, click. Fell down on his face, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Click. And Jesus said, were there not ten what? Does it say whole? No. Okay. But where are the nine? So I can imagine Jesus looking. Maybe he's looking in a church of 200 or 300, and one or two are getting it. But there, what about the 198? Or the... Okay. But he wants them all to come back and turn. Okay, click. They are not found to give return to give glory to God save this stranger. Click. 
And he said unto him, Cum, arise, go thy way. Why? Why? Because whose faith? Whose? Who's he? Talk to me. No. Jesus said, because thy faith, whose faith? The leper, the other one. You're right. Your faith has made thee what? Nine got healed that day. One was made whole. You know what happened to him? We know he's down at his feet because it said it earlier. <laughs> it was, my mom goes, do you have to do that? But mom, wouldn't you be happy if you lost your nose and the first time you could pick your nose? I mean, come on. So anyway, that's not scriptural. He was made whole. Why did I say all that? When that class was over, I remember what the Lord said to me earlier when I resigned my job and he said, it's all through the Bible. I'm at that class, everybody leaves, and I went up to that lady and I said, ma'am, is there a word for champion in the Bible? Is there a root word? And she said, oh my, it's all in the Bible. I said, I heard that before. She goes, from who? And I said, never mind. She sat me down, drew the wheel. And put the word in the middle. Champion is Gavor. Gavor. Bees are pronounced V. And the, and the root word is strong. Strong. And the spoke off of it was courageous. And she goes, do you know Joshua? And I said, yeah. God told him, be strong and courageous. Read my Bible. She puts down the Torah. You have to read backwards. I didn't know many words. She goes, only look for this word. And it was the word champion. And three times it commanded Joshua to be a champion. Oh, he's talking locker room talk now. (laughs) Be a champion. What's the opposite of strong? Weak. Weak in faith. Fearful. Fearful of giants, fearful of the enemy. I don't, no, no, no. Be courageous. What's the opposite? Cowardly. Fearful. No, no, no. Joshua, you're taking over Moses. You're going to lead these people. Be strong and courageous. And then he commands him. Didn't he? Commands him. Not a suggestion. Think it over. Pray about it. Get back with me. Are y'all hearing me? You were created by the champion in the image of him, the champion, to be a champion. Well, I don't feel like a champion. You want to know why you don't feel like it? Because your spirit man, are y'all with me? Hasn't been nourished and exercised. And I wouldn't have ever had this testimony and be able to come and tell you this. And then my, and then... Oh my God, it's all through the, mighty was in that wheel. Warrior was in that wheel. What about Gideon? Does y'all, y'all know the story of Gideon? And Gideon is trying to talk God. You got the wrong guy. Gideon's the biggest pencil neck nerd in the Bible because he's telling him, no, I can't fight. And I have been where Gideon, we do tours over there where he went out and he was surrounded by the enemy. As far as the eye could see, the eye could see forever. He was surrounded. Death is coming. They don't know what to do. And he says, and God sends this messenger down. He says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Mighty and valor are in that word. He was telling him, Gideon, you're a champion. Gideon goes, no, no, I'm the least of the child. No, you got the wrong. I've never been in a weight room. Look at my neck. From Greeley, Colorado. (laughs) I'm joking. Especially this group, I'm joking. (laughs) Are y'all okay? 
All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Where was I? What was I talking about? Gideon. Thank you. Somebody was listening. And uh, he calls him. He hears he's a champion. So that may be you. You may feel like Gideon right here. But God needed Gideon to do something. And if you read on down, it said the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord just came upon him, just took, just took possession of him. Just took possession. And Gideon goes, I've never been in a, He starts to do poses. Honey, get the olive oil out and oil me down. What? What happened? The Holy Spirit dominated. Now that was, that happened to be an encounter that God can do. But if you're waiting on that, I wouldn't wait on that. God gives us a true fire way how to get it and that's to seek Him. Are y'all with me? You seek me and now everything. I'll reward you. I'll bless you. I'll talk to you. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. You'll have faith. You won't have fear. You'll hear me. You'll know my voice. My children know my voice. They seek me. Are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? I'm not asking if you're going to church. I didn't ask you if you're saved. And neither is God. He's asking you. Are you seeking him? Because some of us will tend to seek other things more. He doesn't mind if you seek shopping or Chicago Bears or hunting or cowboy or roping or baseball. But don't do it first. And I'll even bless you in those things. But seek me first. Amen. And I'm telling you. And I'm not saying there's not a surefire can't keep the devil out. I mean, yeah, attacks come, but man, I wouldn't want to live any other way. And he sent me all over the world, all over the world to speak and spiritually advise Brett Favre, Daryl Strawberry. I'm talking about top rodeo guys that y'all would know that, you know, I didn't know who they were and God would connect me with them and, and to help them become champions. The real champions. And then they would take their game to even a higher level and give God the glory. God is no respecter of persons. Everybody in here, he wants you whole. Amen? Do you believe that or not believe that? Everybody stand up. Thank you for being so patient. We'll continue this tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow. Okay? Our band, four people, thank you. But it's been a really good crowd. And um, did you get something tonight? Now, I'm telling you, I'd rather preach my testimony than anything. And God's given me some stuff from heaven. I mean, just stuff from heaven. I'm going to share one tomorrow. But this lays the foundation of it, of knowing who you are in him. You come from a good bloodline. And to speak against that bloodline is speaking against God himself. And anytime you say, I can't, God, Jesus and them never say, he said, I am. Champions don't say, I can't. They don't say, if we can, when we can. And so, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight. I thank you. I just, Lord, after repeating that story, I just want to thank you again for for everything that involves that. All the God dots in my life that you connected me to. And I called this a God dot. And I'm so thankful. Lord, I'm humble and I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for the revelation. I'm thankful, Lord, for the anointing. And I'm thankful that that hearts and ears heard tonight what you wanted them to hear. 
And it was a question that you had for them. And I believe with all my heart, and I just plead the blood over the words that they don't go void and it stays with them as they leave this place, that they will never forget what they heard tonight. Holy Spirit, remind them of it tonight in their beds, tonight as they sleep, in their sleep, of who they are. And as they seek you, Lord, the craving comes upon them. And it comes and it overtakes them to become Gideon twos, mighty men and women of God. God needs a mighty, courageous church right now. Everybody's looking towards God. God's saying, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, seek me. Seek me. Crave me. Crave me more than others. Crave me more than other things. Get your priorities right. Everything will be fine. And we give you the glory, Lord. And I plead the blood over the words. And I thank you. I thank you for my mama and my daddy. I thank you for everything, Brother Hagen, all Brother Copeland, Rick Renner, all of them, Lord. Everything that's ever spoken into my life. I thank you for my wife, Candy, Lord. I just... I'm just having a moment right now with God. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. I'm just thanking him. I'm so thankful, Lord, for what you've done. And especially, Lord, this connection with Greeley and Pastor Darren. Thank you. And these wonderful people. And I just pray for tomorrow, service. I pray that you bless these people on their way home. And I plead the blood of Jesus around their vehicles from bumper to bumper, side to side, front to back, top to bottom, every working, non-working, and everybody who rides and drives in it. Angels go and protect them. I charge you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Pastor Darren, come on up.